Welcome to the Word Encounter episode 177. Today we're going to be doing something a little bit different as I'm going to summarize the Old Testament over the past six months that we have have come through. And so uh, for those that are on the uh, audio-only podcast, you're going to be at a slight disadvantage because I've got some graphic aids here to, to assist me in going through this, but I'll try to talk through them to make sure that you're not missing out on much of anything. And so first, let's review uh, what we've been doing uh, from uh, Genesis to Malachi. And so what we have here is we started, of course, in Genesis, and in episode one, we went over creation. We went over God's creation and, and how that took place, and then Adam came about, and then Eve came from his ribs also in episode one. Then in episode two, we got into Noah and the flood, you know, God's wrath. Um, and then in episodes three through five, uh, we introduced uh, Abraham and Isaac, his son, and all that that entailed, and Sarah, his wife. And then in episodes five through seven, uh, there was Jacob and Esau came on the scene, and we saw how their relationship developed or not. <laughs> and then in episodes 8 through uh, 12, uh, Joseph and his brothers uh, come about on the scene. And so um, we know that Joseph, of course, was in prison because of his brothers were jealous of him. And, but from that was a tremendous blessing, and he ended up saving his brothers and his family because of the position he had risen to in Egypt. And so from there, uh, we get into Moses being born in episodes 13 through 38. Moses is born. Moses, uh, you know, grows into an adult. And then he leads his people, uh, Israel, out of Egypt after he had confronted Pharaoh for all the things, um, uh, all of the miracles that, that God was delivering through Moses on the Pharaoh so that Pharaoh would let his people go. And we find that the people eventually exited uh, Egypt uh, with Joseph in tow, with Joseph's body, because he did not want to be buried in Egypt. And then uh, we find them on uh, uh, near Mount Sinai, and then uh, uh, the Ten Commandments being uh, created as the uh, from the fingertip of God. And then Moses having to deal with his <laughs> rebellious people on numerous occasions. We went into detail on those numerous occasions that he had to deal with his people, how the Lord had dealt with his people, how Moses had gotten angry and did something that was from God's perspective that was unforgivable. And so um, I shouldn't say unforgivable, but God was angry at Moses for what he did. Therefore, he told Moses that he would not step foot in the promised land. He would see it, but he would not step foot on it. And so that's what, what happened. And so that took place from uh, episode 13 to 38. Then we see in episode uh, 39 through 42, Joshua enters the scene. Joshua takes the mantle from uh, Moses, and Joshua leads the people uh, into the promised land in warfare. This is the first time we see uh, Israel as a nation uh, fighting um, in warfare together in order to conquer the promised land. Uh, after that, we get into episodes 43 through 48, where we were talking about the judges of Israel. We talk about Gideon. Samson is in there. Ruth is in there. So all those books and um, uh, the books, of, the book of Judges and all these characters in the book and, and what had happened in their time. Um, then we went on to... Uh, uh, discover Samuel in First and Second Samuel, and then Saul um, is the first king of Israel and all of his uh, exploits and faults. And then David arrives on the scene. We see this in episodes forty-nine through fifty-six, uh, where Samuel, Saul, and David are all interacting. 
and how David has to uh, save his life, even though he killed Goliath in, in order to secure Saul's kingdom, or Saul, I should say Saul's kingship. Um, uh, Saul became jealous of David, and so David starts to go on the lamb to save his life, and he's not going to raise a hand against Saul, and eventually uh, David becomes king. Then in episodes uh, 57 through 65, what we find is that um, David, Bathsheba, and Solomon enter uh, the picture. And so uh, David, we see, has, um, has a spell of wickedness in him, and he actually kills Bathsheba, um, Bathsheba's husband, uh, who was a, a, a great warrior. And uh, David uh, killed him in an unceremonious manner, or had him killed, I should say in an unceremonious manner as he had him fighting on the front for the forgotten country, if you will, for the kingdom. And David commanded that those in support of him uh, would retreat to leave him out there in the open by himself so that he could be assassinated so that David could have his wife. And so that is very, very cruel, <laughs> very, very wicked. Uh, yet God calls David a man after his own heart. So we see that God had, that David had this spell of wickedness, but from God's perspective, that, that did not disqualify him from being labeled a man after my own heart. Maybe it was because uh, David was extremely zealous for the Lord, and, um, and, and, and maybe that's what the Lord was saying. I don't know, but surely what he committed was just a travesty. Um, then we see that from that union comes Solomon, and then Solomon would uh, would be king. He would take David's place <clears throat> after some struggles with his other brother or half-brother, um, Absalom. And so all of that takes place in episodes 57 through 65. Then we see in episodes 65 through 80 that the kingdom is divided <clears throat> After Solomon passes, uh, you got Rehoboam and Jeroboam, and there's fighting going back and forth. And the kingdom divides into the northern kingdom and the southern kingdom. So the northern kingdom being Israel, the southern kingdom being Judah. And so we see that, um, uh, that in this time frame uh, that, the, that the kings of the northern kingdom, the kings of Israel, are all evil. They are all wicked. And all of them turn from the Lord, and none of them uphold the Lord's ordinances or statutes or, or anything. And so, um, uh, so they ended up going into exile. Uh, the Lord brings the kingdom of Assyria against them, and they carry off the people to exile. The Lord was using Assyria in order to bring judgment on the northern kingdom. Uh, but in the southern kingdom, they lasted a couple hundred more years before they actually were t uh, taken captive into captivity because they had they were like having alternate kings. They had good kings and bad kings and good kings and bad kings, a couple bad kings, a good king. You know, so they were going back and forth until uh, about 200 years or so after um, uh, the northern kingdom is taken into captivity by Assyria. Finally, Judah has just descended into such a quagmire of evilness and wickedness that the Lord had to exile them as well, and he used Babylon uh, in order to execute his judgment on them. So he used King Nebuchadnezzar of Babylon in order to carry off um, the, uh, uh, the, the Judeans in the southern kingdom, Judah, uh, into captivity. And so... We, uh, we progress through there, and then we get introduced to uh, the prophets Ezra and Nehemiah, 
and uh, they're prophesying to the people at this time. And also the book of Esther. The book of Esther is kind of a standalone book um, with regard to uh, the lessons that it's teaching. It's not really directly connected to um, the, 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 the lineage, as we, the story, if you will, as we go through Genesis to Malachi. And then um, that, is, that, t- excuse me, that takes place in episodes 81 through 87. And then uh, Job, the Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and uh, Song of Solomon take place between episodes 88 and 122. And these are referred to as the, the wisdom books, if you will. And so um, there's a lot of wisdom as you're reading th- uh, through these things. They're not really a historical um, account of, of, uh, of the story, if you will. And so... Um, Again, in episodes 88 through 122 is where we find that. And then after that, from uh, episode, in episodes 123 to 176 to the end, uh, are the prophets. And so the, the, the major and the minor prophets, the prophets prophesied um, at the times, uh, appeared on the scene at the times uh, in the, um, in the uh, northern and southern kingdoms. And they were prophesied. The, the prophecies are pretty consistent in most cases. They're prophesying uh, either to the northern kingdom Israelites or the southern king, kingdom Judea, Judeans what is going to happen to them because God had uh, consistently pleaded with them to turn from their wicked ways. And they didn't do it. And he kept, he kept giving them time and time and time and time again. And they didn't do it. Now, the, the Judeans did it occasionally. They'd get a good king and they'd turn and then they get a bad king and they turn back. And so that's why it took them longer for them to get their discipline, if you will. And so um, uh, in episodes 123 to 176, we're going over the prophecies from the prophets with regard to what will happen if they don't turn from their wicked, wicked ways. And with several of the prophets is interwoven what will happen in the future, and in the future being the future from us from this time because uh, several of these prophecies have not taken place yet, uh, typically in regards to the end times, you know, to the things like the Antichrist, to the second coming of Jesus, um, uh, to the tribulation time, to the millennial reign of Christ. And so we see a lot of those prophecies appearing in these episodes as well from these prophets. And so those prophets were prophesying in the near-term future, you know, immediately within the next, let's say, 10 to 20 years, uh, what would, uh, what the people at that time would experience. There are some prophecies about the time of Jesus's birth and his coming and what his ministry would be about. And then there are prophecies out into the future um, that, are, that we have not experienced yet. And so... Uh, that's pretty much what we have uh, done uh, in episodes 1 through 176 in some level of detail. And so um, uh, if you can uh, look up these episodes for reference in the future, you know, and see, you know, what I might have to say about that, if that aids in your study, if that aids in your uh, furthering yourself in the kingdom of God, then I praise God for that. As far as study is concerned... Um, well, let me, uh, I'm going to turn this back here, see if I can get my, myself back on screen. There I go. <laughs> as far as study is concerned, there's some study aids um, that I think uh, people will find very helpful as they pursue their knowledge of God, the knowledge of Christ. And well, now we haven't talked that much about Jesus yet because we're starting the New Testament tomorrow, and we will be. <laughs> um, but um, there are some study aids, some things that you can do 
to help your understanding and comprehension um, of, of what's going on and when it's happening and so on and so forth. One of the most critical things, in my opinion, with regard to uh, the things of the word, one of the most critical words that I can think of is context. <clears throat> context is so, so, so very important. Context, in my opinion, is critical. Because what a lot of people do, what a lot of people have done, and what a lot of people can do, is they can take the Word of God out of context, and then they can make it say pretty much anything they want it to say, if they do that. And to keep things in context, I say you have to read not just a scriptural verse, but you have to read the entire chapter to get the context of what that particular verse might be saying. And in some cases, you may even need to read the entire book where that scripture is contained in order to get the context of that scripture. Because if you don't have the context of the scripture, you can take it out of context and then have it say whatever you want it to say to convince somebody else of something or, or to convince yourself of something that it's not saying. And so you have to have context. Now, there's more to it than that. What can provide a more uh, full understanding and a more complete context is understanding the contextual times, the chronological times in which things occurred, and the geography. Because if you have an understanding of the geography, then you can you know, have mental pictures with regard to what certain things you know, took. Like when the, um, uh, when the Judeans went off into exile uh, to Babylon. How long was that trip? How many miles was it to go from Jerusalem in order to get to Babylon. You know, how long did it take? And so when we get an idea of these things, we just won't read them in the Bible, and it just passes over without thinking about, okay, what did this, what did this mean? What did this contain? When an when a, when a invading army came from their territory, how far did they have to travel in order to conquer the land that uh, is being referred to? When we talk about empires and kingdoms, Okay, how vast and how big were they? You know, what kind of uh, territory are we talking about? And so these things, in my opinion, are very important in order to get a contextual understanding of what's going on, what this word is saying. And so there are some aids uh, that we can use in order to um, help us understand these things. So first of all, let's talk about timelines. You know, so we, we've read a lot of things. And as I said before, when, before we got started, the Bible is not presented in a chronological order. See, it's not presented that way. And so some things are in, in, in chronological order. Some things are in chronology. Other things are not. And so like when a lot of the prophets are prophesying um, in their books and whatnot, these things are taking place at different times in history. And so it's important to understand when they were taking place. Now, so one of the things you can use, this is, this is one of my Bibles. This is a Life Application Study Bible, the New American Standard Bible version. And in this study Bible is our timelines. Let me uh, flip to a timeline here so we can see what it looks like. And so, for instance, like here's a timeline. For those that are just audio only, I'm just showing a timeline. Uh, in my Bible with regard to when things occurred. 
and it doesn't stop there. You know, goes on. Here's a here's another part of the timeline at the bottom here, and so we have that. However, we can also go online. You know, we can go online and just Google something like Old Testament chronological order. Okay, and then get a timeline. So I have one here. Let me switch this back so that you can see it. Okay, there we go. So I have one here. Uh, let's see, where are you? Okay, here we go, Old Testament timeline. Um, and so we see here that we have um, the creation, then we have the call of Abraham, then the Exodus, then we have entrance into Canaan, then uh, conquest completed, <clears throat> then we have uh, the period of judges here, and then uh, Israel's uh, monarchy begins with the kings, and then uh, the division of the kingdom. You know, and so this timeline, for those that can't see, is also showing on the bottom of the timeline the rough time period and the books that are um, covering those particular timelines. So like at the beginning it says creation, it's got here Genesis 1-1 through uh, 1126, and then it says the call of Abraham, and then that is 2200 BC. It says Job. So Job is in, in this picture somewhere around there. Uh, and then again, it goes back to Genesis. And then it says the Exodus. That takes place around 1446 BC. And then we get into entrance into Canaan, which is about 1406 BC. And then we had the con uh, conquest completed about 1400 BC. And it says that. Uh, that Joshua was around that time. And then the period of Judges, so we go from Judges to Ruth, or 1 Samuel 1 through 7. And then around 1350 B.C., Israel monarchy uh, begins. And then we go on, the division of the kingdom takes place at about uh, 931 B.C. And we have several books written in that time frame. Then we go on to 722 B.C., and that's the fall of the northern kingdom. And then we go down to uh, eight, excuse me, 586 B.C., which is the fall of the southern kingdom. And more books are written around there. Then we have the restoration of the land um, after the exiles returned from Babylon. And there are several books written in that uh, time frame. And then the Old Testament, uh, the end of the Old Testament, around 430 B.C. And so when we have this timeline with the books, uh, that cover those particular points in time or, or, or um, eras in time is very helpful as we're reading through the word to, to get an idea of where we are on the timeline. And so, you know, that's one aspect of things uh, is, like I said, the timeline. And so uh, then we go on to book chronology. And so what is that? So um, you can get resources with regard to reading the books in their chronological order, right? And so if you just put in like Old Testament book chronology, and then you'll get some resources where you can see, you know, where the various books appear in time. So I've, I've got one here, and then I don't know if people can see this or not, but it's like Genesis, then Job, then Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges, Ruth, First and Second Samuel, Psalms, uh, and then we drop down to Song, uh, Song of Solomon, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, First and Second Kings, First and uh, Second Chronicles, then Obadiah, Joel, Jonah, um, and all the way down to Malachi. But the, the, the order of these books is not the order that they appear in the Bible. 
<laughs> and so uh, in this particular resource, they tried to um, organize and arrange the books according to their chronology when they occurred in time. And so that's one thing. However, we have to remember that a lot of times within a book, a huge period of time is being covered. And so a better chronology is actually chronology based on the chapter. So when the chapter is written, okay, and uh, where it appears in time. And so there are resources out there. If you put in there, you know, Old Testament chapter chronology or something like that, uh, you might get some resources where things come in that are based on chapter. Now, this writing is very small for people that are viewing this, uh, this video here, but I'll just read a few of them. Number one, Genesis 1 through 3, then Genesis 4 through 7. This is a plan. This is a, a daily reading plan to go through the Bible in 365 days, and it's being presented in chapter chronology order. And so you've got Genesis 1 through 11, then it jumps to Job. 1 through 5, Job 6 through 9, it gets uh, all the way through Job 23, um, no, excuse me, all the way through the whole entire book of Job, then it jumps back to Genesis 12 through 15 and goes through the end of Genesis, and then we jump into Exodus and Leviticus and Numbers, and those are pretty much in order. And then when we start getting down uh, after Deuteronomy and then into Joshua, and things, uh, particularly into First and Second uh, uh, Kings and First and Second Chronicles, things start to really jump around. Okay, and so you need some kind of plan to help you go through it. But again, this time these things are being presented. Um, they are being presented in uh, chapter chronological order, and so. <clears throat> So you, you don't have to think about, okay, where am I? Am I uh, you know, behind where I read before? Am I in the, in the future? Or where exactly am I if you're just reading the, the Bible in the order in which it's presented in the Bible? And so if you follow a plan that is uh, based on chapter chronology, then you don't have to think about these sort of things. And that can be very helpful. That can be extremely helpful. And so with that, we're gonna go back here and uh, the other thing, or I should say the last thing um, that can really assist your knowledge, and I'm still working on this myself, you know, is the geography, the geography of the land. Um, many study Bibles have maps in the Bible, okay? There are also maps online. And so let me uh, pull up some of the maps that I found online. And uh, so uh, let's see, let's go... Uh, let's go right here. Yeah, so here's a map right here of the region. And we see here that, um, for those that can't see, well, if you're, if you're audio only, you really can't see, uh, Jerusalem is right here, and the northern kingdom is up here. So we see Moab, you know, that's to the east, Edom to the southeast, uh, Midian to the southeast, and we have Cush to the southwest, Put to the west, and then Egypt is not pictured here, but it's over here. In the northern uh, part of the uh, map here, we have Aram, which is Syria, you know, Damascus, and, and so the uh, and so Aram was an enemy, you know, the Edomites were an enemy, Moab, the Moabites were an enemy, so we get to see where these things were. Now, let's uh, get another view. Let's come in here so we can get a better view. We see that this is Samaria, which was the capital of the Northern Kingdom. We drop down here. We see that uh, Jerusalem was right here, which was the capital of the Southern Kingdom. And we get an idea, you know, Amman is over here. 
you know, to the east. And then we have, uh, again, Moab to the southeast. And um, uh, this is uh, Judea right here. And so we see a lot of the territories that we've heard about as we've been reading through the Bible. But now we're trying to associate where exactly they are. Here's Gaza over here. Uh, here's Ashkelon, Ashdod over to the west of Jerusalem. And then uh, we go up. Uh, let's see. Uh, we have Nazareth here where, where Jesus was born. So we'll see. We see the relationship to where uh, Nazareth is and Samaria. And uh, let's see if they have. Uh, yeah, so we see here that there's a legend right here. So we see what 30 miles is. So we see how far things were apart. Uh, and so we can get an idea of how long, because they were on foot, how long it might take them to get to wherever it is they may go. And I just want to show this last map because I found this one interesting. Um, so this is an older map. And so we can see here, this is the northern kingdom in green and the southern kingdom Judah in red. So Israel and Judah. And so we go back out and we get an idea with regard to the size of each kingdom. The great sea over here is the Mediterranean Sea that we see here to the west. And then we have the other territories that we've talked about. Amman over here. We have Moab down here where the Moabites were and and the Ammonites and, and all that sort of thing. And so um, I just happen to believe that, that these things will help our understanding of what's in the Word and how to context, uh, contextualize it, how to digest it, how to better understand uh, where God is coming from and what we're called to do. And so with that, we will pick things up in the New Testament, uh, the book of Matthew tomorrow, and uh, we'll get into this, you know, uh, Jesus's life, and we'll, we'll get a better idea and understanding of all that he went through and why he went through it and why he went through it so that we might choose him as our Lord and Savior. And so he is consistently making this invitation, this plea. He says, if you confess with your heart, why do I keep saying this? He says, if you confess with your mouth and sincerely believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, the word says that you will not be put to shame and that you will be saved. That is as clear of a guarantee as can be made. If you have not done that, consider doing that right now. Consider doing it today. Confess with your mouth and believe in your heart. Jesus is Lord. The word says that you shall be saved. And with that, we are done. We'll pick it up in um, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1 tomorrow. Everybody take care. Be blessed and stay safe. Bye-bye.